1: Sorry, the number you have dialed
0: is not in service at this
1: time. Hello, and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show. My name is Adam Bayfield, and I'll be your host for this evening's Rip Roaring Entertainment. And as the Olympics get underway in London, I'm delighted to say that I'm joined in the studio tonight by one of this country's most beloved and respected Olympians. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Tony Kerr is here. I think I speak for the nation when I say we'll never forget those golds you won in Barcelona. Oh. So great moments, great
0: moments. Good reference, Barcelona. just out of the memory of you know, most kind of people of our age group. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I, I could well have won golds in Barcelona, I've probably forgotten.
1: You've never won a gold medal, have you?
0: Uh, I've won. I've won a medal this summer. Actually, (laughs) it was a runners-up medal in a uh, hastily organised football tournament to celebrate the Euros. Which is
1: which is is a bigger achievement.
0: Should really figure on the medal table, I think.
1: I was going to say that you do at least provide comedy gold on the podcast every week, but I think I don't want to mislead anybody. If we do have new that, listeners, you know, they they might get the, a false impression of what this podcast is like, <laughs> if I said that. Actually, when Beijing finished four years ago, you did declare uh, your intention to compete at London 2012 in archery. You'd never done archery even once before. But when I pointed that out to you, you said, well, it can't be that difficult. I, I'm How still, did you get on with that, Tane? I still get on with that? think
0: that. I did, I did test some archery. I tried it out. Uh, and there's, I mean, there's a list of excuses longer than you know the bow. Uh, why it isn't an accurate representation of my. Archery skills. What were those? Excuses? Well, I mean, I mean, I had to share a bow with like four of the people. So wow. every every three arrows you'd shoot, you'd switch the bow, you know, to someone else, and then you'd have to adjust it. So it wasn't until like the sun was in your eyes, was it? Sun as well, wind, uh, sand, uh, sand, <laughs> humid, humid. It was very humid. Affected
1: the arrows. So you're not going to be at Lords this week, is what you No,
0: I was not. But I didn't want. I, I didn't really fancy. It, you know, it quite fun to compete in front of your home crowd, but I'd prefer to go away and do it. So, <laughs> so I'll wait till the next one.
1: Now you're making another bold statement that you're going to be there because this is one of those things that uh, presumably in 2008 when you said i'm going to compete in the london 2012 olympics that seems so far away that there was never any chance oh, that i thought that anyone never was going to take you up on it exactly that anyone was <laughs> going to pick you up on the fact that you didn't make it but i remembered and i literally
0: remembered and brought it up on this podcast well i mean there is a natural progression yeah i'm going to do island games in a couple of years then commonwealths than the Olympics, probably somewhere like twenty, probably in the twenty forties, twenty fifties.
1: The twenty fifties, yeah. I like you said bring that, it up then, Beauford. Like you said, there's a natural progression. Obviously, there's a natural progression. It's not any different for you. you <laughs> so I so, say, yeah. I mean, there's a natural step between the worlds, the Commonwealth and the Olympics. Yes, you've just got to be good enough to compete at all three. Well, what are they? you going to do? I'm I'm not going to say that I'm going to compete in the Olympics. I I gave Boring. up on that dream when I was about four years old, and I realised that was. Hopelessly uncoordinated
0: well, That's a sad story to start <laughs> off the pod with I've just had What a- else did you give up when you were <laughs> on It's like Gave up, just settled into being a podcaster I,
1: just, I, just, <laughs> I gave up on everything to be honest When I was about four years old And, and this is where that's I've a ended real up shame I've got probably my <laughs> greatest achievement in my life Is that I do a podcast with you so that's about as far as I've got. Had you had yeah, you know, had someone told you that when you were four there, you'd have taken it, right? <laughs> no Absolutely not. <laughs> you'd have snapped their hand off. Absolutely not. Just snapped
0: their four year old hand off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the four-year-old me is crying inside every time we do this. Have you got Olympic fever then, Tane?
0: Uh, I've got the tissues with me, yeah. <laughs> I've been laid up <laughs> all week with it. We are, this is going to be a very short pod, just to warn you, guys. Uh, <laughs> I want to, we basically need to get out. <laughs>
1: I've, I've never seen you more determined, more focused, more intense about anything than the idea that we're going to make this a shorter pod than usual. You. <laughs> You've said it to me <laughs> it's really about 11 times today. Oh, it's going to be a shorter one, though. Yeah, just get in, get out. Just get in and out. When you pick me up just before you like, so here's the plan, we're going to get in. We're going to get out. There's <laughs> two stage plans. <laughs> it's plan. it's like, yeah, Tone, I understand. We've got to get home for the Olympic ceremony. Yeah. The opening ceremony. It's tonight. Danny Boyle was
0: very accommodating in uh, yeah, Danny and Seb very accommodating in moving pushing back to nine o'clock to allow
1: us to do the pod uh, before it starts well yeah indeed the opening ceremony does start in in just a couple of hours by the time people are listening to this it will have happened so do you think we should maybe talk about it as though we know what we saw as though we yeah. know what happened
0: I can't believe they had all four Beatles on stage at one point. That was
1: remarkable, wasn't it? It was kind of horrifying.
0: Actually, yeah, it, was it was grotesque. BBC are going to receive a lot of complaints.
1: I was surprised that they had Johnny Rotten light the flame. I, I didn't yeah. see that coming. It was a
0: bold move, wasn't it? it was a... yeah.
1: But yeah, I'm beyond excited about the Olympics. The weather is finally getting good outside. We've had a bit of a heat wave this week. Uh, and that's this forecast week. to continue. And now I'm going to be spending most of the next couple of weeks inside just watching like judo and stuff.
0: <laughs> time well spent.
1: It's funny, isn't it? Because like in the Olympics, I will watch literally anything. I'll watch badminton, volleyball, canoe slalom, just anything. If it was on like Sky Sports Three at 2 30 in the afternoon, you know, in January or something, I would never think about watching it. But because it's in the Olympics, I'm transfixed in front of the oh, TV. it's
0: going to be brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's exceptionally exciting, and it's come along at the right time. You know, England lose the Test match and. I wasn't going to mention it,
1: but <laughs> so we, we was, wouldn't yeah,
0: we don't it. need to mention it really. But you know, the Olympics are there just to take our mind
1: off it. <laughs> Do you think we can get away with just talking about the Olympics today, with not? I'd rather we haven't even the mentioned cricket. the Tour de France yet, have we? <laughs> exactly, uh, because I did post that on yeah. our Facebook page that uh, maybe we just just talk about the Olympics and the Tour de France. And I think all of our English listeners were right behind me. Uh, our overseas listeners, maybe not quite so much. But yeah, I think I'm going to find this show quite difficult, Tone, because it has been an enormously depressing week for me because of the cricket i mean not just because not just cuz i've been reflecting on my life <laughs> where i'm at at the moment despite what we've discussed just before. But England did of course lose the uh, the first test to south africa at the oval. Oh it was uh it wasn't great really was it from an english perspective. I've come to the conclusion saying that i care too much about cricket. I mean, it's genuinely ruined my week. So, But we are going to be talking about uh, the first test today. And yeah, aside from that, there might be time for a couple of side notes, uh, but it is going to be a slightly shorter episode than usual today. No, I don't Tony's know if Tony is absolutely desperate know, I do I don't
0: know what it feels like. It's a bizarre
1: feeling. I mean, listeners might argue that we could have <laughs> recorded the podcast on a night that wasn't the Olympics opening ceremony. There have been several since the test match finished. But it it's odd. I mean, both of us seem to have had actual things going on in our lives at the moment yeah. which regular listeners will know is very unusual <laughs> <laughs> but it's just you know we haven't been able to fit it in until also tonight. it's
0: good to tap into this energy i feel there's a real energy in the room <laughs> i recreated the torch really at the weekend with an with an actual torchbearer yeah a oh. torchbearer friend of ours our friend ross I carried, yeah, carried the torch uh, and I got a torch. It was a very funny joke at the time. Like a like a flashlight. Got a torch, flashlight, and I just ran with it and said, I'm the torch <laughs> <I> better. Everyone <laughs> was in yeah, stitches. Everyone, you know, everyone loved it.
1: <laughs> oh, that's Tony Carey's brilliant. This is what I said about the comedy gold at yeah. the start. Yeah. It was great. England. On this part of the show, we talk about England. Oh. Shall we talk about England then, Tony? Yeah, let's do it. Oh. England lost the first test against South Africa at the Oval this week. It was their first test defeat at home in two years. Uh, And they didn't just lose. They were absolutely annihilated by an innings and 12 runs. Although even that is actually um, probably not an entirely accurate reflection on just how big a defeat it was. Um, England actually got off to a very good start in the game. At one point, they were 251 for two, um, with Alistair Cook making a century and Jonathan Trott, 71. But on the second morning, South Africa came roaring back into the game and in, in the end, England were bowled out for 385, Mornay Morkel taking four for 72. And then South Africa batted and they batted and they batted and they batted and they made 637 for two. That's right, for two, declared... In 189 overs, hundreds for Graham Smith and Jacques Callis and an unbeaten 311 from Hashim Amla, the first triple century um, by a South African in history. It looked as though the game might meander into a draw, but on the fourth evening, England were reduced to 67 for four. And in the end, despite some resistance from Ian Bell on the final day, they were bowled out for 240 with Dale Steyn taking five for 56 and Imran Tahir three for 63 to give South Africa... An absolutely enormous victory. So all sorts of records tumbled at the Oval. Tone, as I mentioned, Amla scored the first triple 100 by a South African, uh, and by definition, therefore, the highest ever score by a South African. And 637 for two was the most amount of runs for just two wickets in test history. And don't forget that one of those batsmen, Tone, scored a duck, which is quite remarkable, isn't it? Three batsmen made 637 between them. Uh, And there were lots more statistics like that. But this, surely tells you all that you need to know me and tone and some friends went on a two-day camping trip at the weekend and when we set off south africa were one down and when we came back they were two down now before the series uh, and very much on last week's show we were expecting a, an extremely closely fought contest and i don't think we were alone in that i think everyone was expecting a really um, tight battle england might still turn things around but as it stands this isn't a close contest at all this isn't even a contest the golfing class at the oval was staggering at times what on earth happened here Tony? Are South Africa better than we thought or England worse than we thought what was your assessment of the game before
0: uh, beforehand i think you were saying that some people were saying <laughs> you've got that- a, a very accusatory tone you know, <laughs> listen in your mate voice. Uh, you said that some people said that some people were, there were rumors going around that the, uh, the South Africans were undercooked we stuck a fork in them and the juices ran clear they were well cooked uh, and they <laughs> They, they battered like it as well. Remarkable. It's a, it's a sort of one-sided kind of result that uh, we've gotten used to England dishing out in the last few years, haven't we?
1: But it's beyond that. I mean, it's almost like one of the top teams playing Bangladesh, but it's beyond even that. I mean, Bangladesh
0: is, put up a bigger fight. This we, is
1: really an appalling scoreline, 637 for two. I mean, when England made 517 for one in Brisbane... In the first Ashes test last time, people sort of said, "Well, this is unbelievable," and it's you know Australia are, are in all kinds of trouble, and it was it was a massive event. And this is even worse, isn't it? Six thirty-seven <laughs> for two. You you can't say that enough.
0: I mean, put quite simply, it can be summed up in the you know England didn't get enough runs in the first innings, yeah, and then they didn't take enough wickets, yeah, uh, to follow that up. Insightful so, uh, analysis once again. As always, we're not gonna both of our ways, you know, both of our way through this pod, are we? We're not going to say you know four or five changes needed because obviously that's not not the case.
1: Well, that's my notes but you, 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 <laughs> yes. you, you say what you, what you want
0: throwing the bin there? <laughs> But yeah, South Africa were very, very good.
1: Well, I think that's the point and that's the first thing to say is that South Africa were absolutely sensational. How good is Hashim Amla? I mean, just an unbelievable inning.
0: It was a great innings, and, and in terms of, like the, kind of like his character just very... Just likable, very likeable, very rela- someone you'd want on your team, definitely.
1: I, I almost got a feeling that, that maybe people in England didn't quite appreciate how good Amler has been over the last few years. I mean, he's he is very much like Jonathan Trott, but probably even better in that he just um, that he just bats and bats and bats and loves batting and hates to give his wicket away, uh, which is very much like Trott. And Trott is a world-class player, but Amler, I think, is just even better. I mean, that was just a phenomenal inning. Callis and Smith's hundreds have almost been forgotten. And Callis got, what, 180-something 182. But that that seems nothing compared to Amler's knock. I mean, A.B. de Villiers didn't even bat, and yet South Africa made 637 runs. The bowlers were quite brilliant too. Dale Steyn was sensational. He very much lived up to his his box office billing. And I thought Imran Tahir um, surpassed a lot of people's expectations. I've always felt he's had the the potential to do that. The way he came into one-day cricket, he had had batsmen in all kinds of trouble in, in that World Cup last year but hadn't quite translated that form into test cricket. But he did bowl very well, admittedly, on on quite a helpful wicket. But yeah, he certainly bowled well there.
0: Yeah, I think England gave away a a reasonable position you know They're going into the second morning he thought well yeah, a good couple of sessions and they wouldn't have been able to lose the match so I mean in a way it was a strange weapon but you know when you've got Bapara in your middle order I guess these things can happen (laughs) Uh, so so you're probably keen to point out
1: I think that might be the one thing that people have taken away from the World Cricket Show over 148 episodes is that I'm not a fan of Rami Bapara because <laughs> the amount of tweets and emails and Facebook comments that we've had about Bapara as soon as he got a duck, the floodgates open. Like people, people just immediately want to know what I think about it. <laughs> it's 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 like the main thing about the World Cricket Show. Um, I enjoyed
0: Gower's sort of weaseling his way out of uh of, out of his position uh at the end of the match he said we were very keen to stress on the uh you know on the first evening that England seemed to be in control and he, yeah as if to say that he predicted what was to follow uh <laughs> on but that, I, mean, they, I mean the way they did they, they they I was kind of dozing uh towards the end of the second half uh, the first afternoon it was it just felt very comfortable it felt like oh England are gonna go and put on 500 here it did feel
1: like Cook and Trot was sleepwalking towards another <laughs> England victory and and it it just didn't happen, and the fact that from that position they were not only beaten, but just utterly outclassed is quite remarkable, and you've got to give a lot of credit to South Africa from that. But if we're looking at where to apportion the blame from an English perspective, it is probably the batsman. I mean, it's quite tempting to look at 637 for two and blame the bowlers for the defeat, and obviously that's a large part of it, and as I say, 637 for two is ridiculous, but I don't think that would be entirely fair. I mean, you, you, you can't just say, oh, it's one of those things, because it isn't. It isn't one of those things. It's the worst... It's the score worst Scoreline, really, in test history. But it was an incredibly flat wicket. And I didn't think they bowled all that badly. Stuart Broad was clearly not at the races. And, and for Graham Swan to bowl 52 overs and not even take one wicket, I mean, although he, he wasn't abysmal, you've got to think he wasn't quite at the races either. But yeah, I think I do lay the blame at the door of the batsman because this game really should have been a draw. The pitch was so flat. And from the position that England were in, in that first innings, I mean, the second innings wasn't great either, but you can sort of understand if not quite forgive why that collapse happened because they had been out in the field for almost 190 overs you can understand them losing four wickets on the fourth evening but they just should have got way more runs in that first innings at 250 for two they should have made 500 plus stain and the others bowled incredibly well on the second morning but England should have made the game safe from that position and that's where the momentum shifted and I think that's where England lost the game
0: Yeah, I mean, Prior kind of helped England get back into a position where you thought, well, 385, you know, if they can get into the South African batsman early, then kind of it's a useful score, a usable score, as I would say. And I have said. Just then you said Particularly when Peterson went. uh, There was a kind of period in play where you thought, well, yeah, there's no way South Africa aren't going to be a few down here before they go to bed. And they weren't. They're only one down. So I think if England had nicked out another couple, then it would have been a very different result. But obviously... That's the case of any match. (laughs) Anyone nicked out anyone a couple of times earlier.
1: So yeah, it was was that first innings collapse, I think, that that cost England the match. I mean, as you say, you still thought 385 might have been usable, um, but they should have got 500. Yeah, as you mentioned, I, I don't think you can ignore Ravi Bapara's contribution to that collapse. He got a duck, played a silly shot, played a silly shot not very well. The trouble is, I think you have got to give him a little run now because it would be very unfair to drop him, as much as I don't think he's good enough. You can't just judge someone on the, on the basis of one game. So I think he's going to get at least the headingly test. But I don't believe that he's good enough, and I think that under pressure, he does crumble uh, like an apple crumble or something. See what I did there? Yeah, so he just used the word. <laughs> he used words. The word crumble. <laughs> he used the words where where it's used in another context, and, yeah. but
0: I mean, you could you know, had England had he scored 22 runs in uh, um, you know a comfortable England victory, which would have been entirely possible uh, you know, over the last few years, given the way. The rest of the batsmen played. You'd have thought, well, fine, not great, but come again. But this time out, you know, Peterson and Bella looking over their shoulder thinking, Christ, what have we got? What's coming over on the shoulder? Oh, it's Ravi. Yeah.
1: Issues. Well, that, I mean, and that makes a huge difference. It's, just, it's the same thing when, when people talk about, oh, England should, should drop the sixth batsman and, and have the extra bowler, because it, it makes a massive difference to the mindset of the top five, which I don't think is something that people necessarily appreciate And I think having Bapara at number six might do the same. It might make Peterson and Bell think we really have to knuckle down um, because we've not got much more batting to come in a way that maybe they don't if they feel more secure about number six. You you think you've got to give Bapara a run in the team, but England have to win at Headingley. So it is very difficult. You've got to pick the best team. Do you think England should make changes for the second test?
0: That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast.
1: People are calling for Steve Finn. Would you go for him?
0: I'd probably stick with what we've got. England have kind of built a good side for for a couple of years, so you can't just panic.
1: No, you're right. And and normally I'm all about consistency. I hate it when people say, um, you know, if, if England lose a game, oh, we should ring the changes. Um, but this isn't just an ordinary loss. The scale of this defeat is quite difficult to ignore, I think. And this is, as I keep saying, 6 for two, is 20 wickets plays two wickets in the match. It is a seismic event. And I don't know whether you can just stick with the same guys because England do have to win. I mean, I wouldn't go overboard. Maybe just the one change, maybe bringing Steve Finn, might give the South African batsman something different to think about because none of England's seamers looked very quick at the oval. Amla and Callis were just so comfortable. You, you've got to add a new dimension to the attack. I'm not sure he'll necessarily be able to live up to the expectations that will be on him when he comes in because he's not going to be able to do it all on his own. I think he's a very good bowler, Steve Finn, but if he was that good, he'd be playing in the first place. But if he does come in, do you think he should replace Bresnan or, or would you go with five bowlers? Would you just bring him in for Bapara and say England you know, you know England, England, sort of rolling the dice a bit?
0: No, if you told me, I think if you if you told me I had to... Bring Finn in; it would be for Breslin, I think.
1: So you would, you'd stick with Breslin. You would just keep the same eleven.
0: Well, I might bring Finn in for Breslin, depending on how, I, on a whim.
1: <laughs> I don't know. That's why you're not selected is That's it? why. And that's I, the only reason because you did have the interview. I had the interview, and they thought, "Well, you're too, yeah, you do too much on a whim." <laughs> <laughs> I think your kind of um, reluctance to make changes is probably correct for the most part. I think you, you should have faith in Flower and Strauss because England are number one for a reason and you could easily say let's just back the players that got them there the, the bowling attack has been plenty good enough against every other team in the world even when they got hammered in the winter the bowlers were still sensational I think I'd bring Finn in for Bresnan, but yeah as I say I certainly wouldn't go overboard I wouldn't go into both in territory I wouldn't go into England in the 90s territory <laughs> it might be that South Africa are just too good but if that's the case, then there's not much England can do about it. It's and that not makes like a mockery
0: the, of the you know, England being number one side, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, and I, <clears throat> I don't think it is that. I think England have had a bad game here, an incredibly bad game. Um, but they have made a habit of bouncing back strongly after heavy defeats, going back to the Caribbean in 2009 when they got bowled out for 51. They came back really well in the second game there. Didn't win it, but were only one wicket away from winning. Also, after Headingley in 2009 where they got thrashed by the Aussies, they won at the Oval. Perth in 2010 got thrashed by the Aussies there. One in Melbourne. They have made a habit of that, and South Africa have made a habit of of losing the second match of Test Series after winning the first. They thrashed Australia in the the first Test last winter, then lost the second, thrashed Sri Lanka in the first Test, lost the second. So if that pattern continues, then you think England are not out of this series, but England are going to have to play much, much better than they did at the Oval, um, if that is to be the case. Are you sticking to your 2-1 prediction, your 2-1 England victory, um, or has... The A will perhaps changed your mind, uh, and I'm going to stick with it. I think. Yeah, I'm going to stick with it. You're backing the lads to turn it around and win the next two. What are you basing? I mean, it's that obviously
0: on? tough now. At this point, the scale of the result was was pretty vast. But we when, we, when you went through your little uh, your silly little composite eleven <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> last week, the two teams are I think pretty well matched, as well as state. You know, as well as the kind of the results like Morkel and. And Stain got it in this match. You, I, they're not worlds apart in terms of quality than Anderson and Broad. So yeah, they they had the better on that day. But I, I, there's no reason to think that that England won't win the next test.
1: There did seem to be something a bit wrong with Stuart Broad. He was he was really bad, um, and he's not been bad for a very long time. So hopefully he'll turn that around. And it could be that everything went South Africa's way in the sense that Smith, Amler and Callis are their sort of trump cards. And they all came to the party in that game. I do think that quite a large part of the rest of South Africa's batting lineup is a bit vulnerable. If you can get some of those guys out early, then, you know, with Rudolph at six, Dumony at seven, and then quite a long tail, the potential is there for England to knock them over, but they've just got to get Smith, Amler, Callis, and Daviliers out. I mean, that's quite that's, <laughs> that's four world-class batsmen, but well, you, now, you probably now can't got... see them doing that again. I mean, that's famous last words, but... It might just be that it was like a, a perfect storm.
0: They've got four of the top six spots in the ICC test bat- batting rankings. Uh, England have got none. <laughs> no. The other two are Sangakkara and Chandapur.
1: And in the bowling rankings, I think uh, Broad slipped from three to nine. Swan slipped out of the top ten for the first time in three years, I think. Jimmy Anderson went from two to five. Not a great match, that, for England's bowling attack. Less said the better. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you've been saying all day. All
0: day. Yeah.
1: <laughs> just the less said, the better, yeah, mate, really. Just go with it. Get in and out. Get in and out, mate. The side notes now, on which we discuss some of the more offbeat stories of the cricketing week. Both of these articles come from Crick Info this week, And I'm very much phoning it in, as you may be able to tell, <laughs> as listeners may be able to tell from the whole show this week. Uh, this first one is called Hash's Hair Raising Honour. Mamla's match winning triple century at the Oval has won in praise from the most unlikely quarter. The Beard Liberation Front, BLF, a UK-based informal network of the bearded. he has now been made a member of the BLF as a, quote, outstanding example of how a beard can add weight to a sporting performance and make a significant positive impact in the public eye. BLF founder Keith Flett added that with the Olympics due to start soon, AMLA had made a statement about the aerodynamic impact of a beard on sporting achievement. The BLF, which has Led Zeppelin's Robert Plant, Australian musician Rolf Harris, and actors Brian Blessed and Bill Oddie as fellow members, is more than a comic venture. It takes beards very seriously, having campaigned in the UK to stop workplace discrimination against those who sport beards for religious reasons. What do you think about that, Tom? What do you think about some of those quotes? <laughs> about An outstanding example of how a beard can add weight to a sporting performance.
0: Well, uh, I mean, there's been a lot of chat about, this is not a beard, but beardy, and uh, Wiggo's sideburns. The sideburns are back, apparently. Bradley Wiggins, Tour de France winner.
1: You're a man who has a beard sometimes. Not, not really. So much not today.
0: much. More of just a kind of growth more, more of just a sort of scraggly <laughs> lazy. No, i never really tend to it to be honest it's not really helping me carry any sort of sporting weight if you like
1: you did uh, for halloween didn't you shave the middle bit but not the sides which made you look like wolverine
0: yeah I, I, amongst other my physique as well so <laughs> reminded people of wolverine my upper body
1: and the uh, fact that you heal uh, <laughs> if you get a wound it heals instantly which is that's a big giveaway yeah we've kind of buried the lead by never mentioning that before on this show <laughs>
0: There's my Twitter bio I think I'm going to start tweeting during the Olympics mate
1: by the way <laughs> sure you are I'll
0: try sure I you are i have to say though if you're not already following me why not I follow back that's the thing people say isn't it yeah. I follow back yeah do follow me at Tony Cavert he's desperate yeah I'm desperate but I'll be tweeting all over the Olympics everything about the olympics from a perspective everything, that is my own everything you need to know about the olympics
1: uh and and uh, and the other article from cricket info uh is called is sledging for winners question mark when a team wins as much as steve war's australia did you can't really question their captain's strategies but kieran perkins australia's olympic gold medal winning swimmer doesn't quite believe in war's famed mental disintegration tactics and has said as much Warren and Perkins, both athlete liaison officers who were involved in the mental conditioning of Australia's athletes at the Games in London, voiced their contradictory views at Australian Olympic Committee press briefing on Saturday. There's always a role for sledging, War said. Cricket is a bit different to most sports because you're out in the field for seven hours. But most of the sports here at the Olympics are a lot shorter than that. But I'm sure there are mind games, body language, the way you carry yourself, which can have a huge effect on your opponents. Perkins disagreed. The people doing the sledging aren't good enough so they have to find other ways to slow the rest of us down. Those of us that are good enough couldn't care less. We just get on with it. Maybe that's an instance of mental disintegration for war to contend with right there. Maybe. I don't know. I don't, why, I don't, know, I don't know why Kieran Perkins would be <laughs> trying to sledge Steve Ward. <laughs> I don't know what he's a sporting battle he's attempting to have with Steve Ward anytime time
0: soon. He'll end up in a boxing ring won't he? <laughs> he doesn't
1: want that. Probably not much sledging and swimming I wouldn't imagine. I mean Maybe, like in the Olympic Village, you know, when you see your opponents around, then maybe there's some mind games, but probably not in the pool, not as you're going past. Yeah, like,
0: like, <laughs> <laughs> actually, you know, like, I actually know, like, I've not been sledged, particularly on the cricket field. I thought you said you had been the other week,
1: that people were giving you a lot of chat.
0: Well, no, this is, we, we, yeah, we, it, this is for our cricket team Kobo Legends that we've been talking about for a number of weeks now, uh, a winning team of what, you know, the first winning team I've ever been involved in <laughs> which is something else
1: uh, the best thing that you've ever achieved in your life
0: <laughs> but yeah we, we we came up against another team who contained a number of our friends but there was a lot I was getting a lot of chat coming my way <laughs> a lot of chat which I was very nervous about to say. <laughs> uh, I was ne- I was kind of next into bat but I wasn't required in the end what sort of things are they saying? Well, no, they, they were just... Because they'd, G'd up, the, they'd kind of G'd up the rest of the players to, to, to kind of target me, which is a bit irritating. Smashed There's a, a lot
1: to target as well, to be fair. I mean,
0: well, not at the moment. I smashed a swashbuckling 24 the other night. Did you? Tuesday night. Yeah, I wasn't playing. You didn't play? you never see my, my big scores. <laughs> it's a bit of a coincidence. <laughs> it's
1: something of a coincidence, Tony.
0: Yeah. Uh But that, that's, you know, 24 comes after 17 in terms of my record this season, so I'm but, carrying form. I thought you got
1: 36. That, yeah, that was about two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Not much in the intervening period. We talked about sledging on here before. You might be interested to know that for my birthday, I got two new books <laughs> about sledging. It talks about how the two things that people know about me are that I like cricket and I like books. So for every birthday and cr- Christmas, I just get books about cricket. And it seems to be narrowing down into just books about sledging. <laughs> <laughs> and they've all got the same... Sledges, you know, is they're all the same. Yeah, and there's
0: not often that people come with great new sledges.
1: <laughs> you just open it up and it's just, all oh, the Edo Brandes one, the Daryl Cullen one. I mean, I still read them cover yeah. to cover and chortle away. But, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll bring one in sometime soon, see if we can find any new ones. Right, that is what I can only describe as it for the World Cricket Show this week. Tony's already got his shoes on. And he's, uh, he's jangling his car keys, absolutely desperate to get out of it.
0: If you're a South Africa supporter, please don't feel shortchanged. It's just bad luck on your part that, that we, England happened to get butchered by you uh, it's the week of the Olympics. Yep. So no one really cares. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's a bit hard. it's a bit i feel like i'm a bit gloaty but
1: yeah and if england do start losing uh, you know headingly it'd be like oh well never mind just put the taekwondo on you know <laughs> let's watch a bit of sarah stevenson we haven't talked about sheep racing today we we teased people last we week did tease, by saying that we were we were going to to sock which is one of the other channel islands for the weekend to watch the sheep racing uh, going for a camping weekend
0: did you enjoy yourself? what a weekend it was I had a great time, yeah. Sheep Between.
1: racing being exactly what you think. It yeah. Is. The sheep mill about in a pen, don't they? At the, the bottom of it's the about at the end. And then. Uh... They put a sheepdog in the pen at the same moment that they open the gate, and then whichever sheep is most startled <laughs> wins it's the race because they will just bolt up uh, along the along the course, and it's over in about ten seconds. Did you win any money?
0: Uh, no, I actually had an appalling record and I lost everything. No, I didn't lose everything. So <laughs> I lost all the bets,
1: but I wasn't really I wasn't really paying too much attention. That to That actually this. brings a smile to my face because I, was, I seem to remember you won quite a lot of money last year yeah. in sheep racing. I didn't really
0: pay that much attention to it, to be honest. I was more I, I nailed the coconut show. Absolutely nailed it. It's one of the easiest things I've ever done in my life. Because <laughs> uh, the, the distance was about two yards. And the coconuts weren't, like, that securely fastened in their place. It was really easy. So I took home two coconuts.
1: London correspondent Gordon McRae was over, wasn't he, for, for the weekend. So we had some good band with him. Uh, I made everyone laugh. I'm going to be one of those people now that just, like, repeats a joke that they told. <laughs> but we were, uh, like, one of those people that... Has listed as their favourite quotes on their Facebook profile all things that they've said. Yeah. Um, but uh, we were like chucking a, an incredible around, weren't we? Uh, just at the sheep racing in the field. There's a bit of space. We were throwing around, just playing a bit of catch. And uh, and you and Gordon McRae were sort of stood next to each other. Gordon pulled off a really good catch, and then you went to do it and dropped it. And I just said, you know, just just watch McRae for a bit. So everyone had a right laugh at that. They loved it because they that. know how much you hate McRae. <laughs> and, uh, and how much that must have hurt you cut me real deep so I put that on my Facebook profile <laughs> as my favourite it's my one and only favourite quote
0: that was like the thing wasn't it when you first when Facebook first came around it was like god the quote that's all people spent their time it was like oh the quotes, <laughs> yeah. you're right, of quotes. you write millions list, list several hours just yeah. refining your favourite quotes <laughs> like listing a million bands <laughs> yes. it's like brilliant oh you like Green Day oh, <laughs> <laughs> like.
1: <laughs> Facebook is weird isn't it yeah. it's really weird I think I've still got quite a long list of favourite quests. I don't know if anyone. I don't know where they are now. It's, like it's all like really specific things as well, like r- incredibly specific bits of Arrested Development <laughs> that don't make sense <laughs> if you haven't seen it. Or like that bit of Lost in Translation where it's like inaudible whispers. I yeah, think that's, that's, that's one that's, of my
0: favourite quests. That's questions. a joke. That's almost, you need to get that down. Yeah, I was, that down. I was
1: probably 18 or no. I- that up, and I was like oh yeah this is pretty that's cool is, oh yeah. this is cool people think oh how mysterious <laughs> What a mysterious guy yeah, I need yeah. to change that so yeah the Olympics is about to start there's lots to watch you've been banging on a lot lately about how uh, how good your predictions have been you've been predicting test series and one day series results correctly I'm not sure you're going to get this South Africa England one right but would you care to make a prediction tone how many golds are team GB going to win wow they won what was it 19 they in won Beijing
0: 19 fight Radio 5 BBC Radio BBC, Radio 5 Live, BBC 5 Live, or 5 Live. It's yeah, 5 Live is what you're talking five about, live. yeah. Got some, got some some chaps in, did a prediction. I think they came up with a ludicrously high number of medals in total. Like, a thousand medals. It wouldn't have
1: been a thousand. No. So, unless you have the exact figure, <laughs> that's a really pointless <laughs> anecdote. I know.
0: Uh Okay, here's what you just... Well, I don't know. I haven't really gone through it with a fine-tooth comb, but I'm going to say they're going to get more than that. More than 19. More than 19. 26.
1: 26 Well, wow.
0: that's a lot that is a lot
1: isn't it is that too many <laughs> well you said it now i said it now no yeah. it's about right there's absolutely no there's way that we could go gone. back and edit that out and give you a, a, a second crack of making <laughs> a prediction. yeah just 18 19 20 21 22 <laughs>
0: 23 24 25 26
1: 29
0: <laughs> <laughs> Can't count. pendleton's not gonna let me down is she she might. She get. She should get all twenty nine. <laughs> all twenty six. You love
1: Victoria Pendleton too much. I Mike. do. She is amazing. To a slightly disturbing <laughs> degree. Fantastic. degree. Uh, but yeah. So next week there's going to be lots of Olympic chat. I would imagine, especially if England lose another Test match. Uh, but we will be talking about this next week. And a whole lot more besides. We'll actually make it uh, a proper episode rather than this ridiculously short, yeah. bite-sized one. But in between now and then, if you want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email. That's worldcricketshow at gmail.com. Do that if you would like some free World Cricket Show stickers. Uh, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Cricket Show follow us on Twitter as well twitter.com slash Cricket Show or at Cricket Show whichever you prefer follow Tony on Twitter at Tony T-O-N-Y-C-V double R he's pledged to start tweeting through the Olympics I'm
0: going to start tonight I'm t- I need to come up with a good joke there for the Olympics Don't no, fret
1: about it too much I think you think people have a much higher <laughs> expectation of your high comedy abilities than, uh, than they actually do leave us a review on iTunes as well if you wouldn't mind uh, if you're happy to do that We really appreciate all of those, as long as they're five-star. And if you really want to support the show, you can buy a World Cricket Show t-shirt. Go to our website, cricketshow.net, and order yours today. But that's about it, I think. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Enjoy the Olympics. I certainly will. Tony's astonishingly excited (laughs) about it, almost illegally excited.
0: No, we're gonna have a great time. It's gonna be a great couple of weeks. So just join us. Join us for all of that.
1: <laughs> you sound like Senk. You sound like David Cameron. Britain opens its doors. <laughs> I open my arms to you. See you next week, everybody.
0: It happens to us all. It happens to us all. Each day, each year, yeah, yeah. Knock a yeah. And I can smell your fear. Ba-da-da-ba-ba. Ba-da-da-ba-ba.